Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Man, we are saving people money left and right over at SaveWithConrad.com, but don't take my word for it. Check out ConradReviews.com. Here's what you'll find over there. A five-star review from Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He says, once again, Conrad and his team hit a home run. Jimmy, as always, kept in constant communication during the whole process, gave us options, and made the process smooth and easy. Who knew listening to a wrestling podcast will help me out financially. And here's another five-star review from Ian F in Pottstown, PA. Always fast to respond to any questions I had and boy, did I have a lot. Thankfully they cut two years off all mortgage and saved $80,000 over the life of the loan. $80,000. Are you kidding me? He's a wrestling fan who listens to this podcast, just like you and his family and his family gets to keep an extra $80,000. Now without calling SaveWithConrad.com, they would have worked for that money, pay taxes on it, and then just given it away. Don't do that. Keep more of your own money. Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. And I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much rates are at near historic lows. And there's never been a better time to refinance than right now. Your house is worth more than ever. You have more equity than ever before. And what does that represent to you? The biggest opportunity to change your life financially once and for all. You can get the best rate you've ever had on a mortgage. You can get rid of all your credit card debt, saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And here's the deal guys. Once you owe this money, it's up to you how you pay it back. Doesn't it make sense to pay it back at the cheapest rate possible and the greatest tax deduction possible? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you need to take advantage of it. You can even pull some cash out to do some remodeling around the house. What if some of that equity you've got, you used to put a pool in the back or maybe add a new office or even better, a man cave. Come on, get you some of that. It sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you too right now. And again, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Punch it in. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Check it out. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Okay, if you've listened to this show for very long, by now you know what you're thinking. I hate Steven Singer too. And you're darn right you do because we've told you loudly and proudly that he is one of our favorite people to do business with, and he's going to be yours too. But unfortunately he eliminates all of the excuses. Here's what I mean. Finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but man, do we hate all the pressure of what's next? Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. It's overwhelming, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. That's why this guy's really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler and icon. 
that's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling, no codes or discounts, just the best possible price, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence, too. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. So if he ever finds you and you're chanting you suck, then he'll douse you in dairy with his big milk truck. And with one angle slam, he'll lay you out on the floor. So listen up, it's time to go. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be doing a watch-along pertaining to my all-time favorite episode of SmackDown, when Stone Cold Steve Austin gave me my little tiny cowboy hat. I'm wearing it right now. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, filling in for Conrad Thompson today, is my good friend, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm excited to be here. Thrilled. This is a fun episode of SmackDown 20 years ago uh, that this all went down. Hard to believe. It's an all-time memorable episode, and we're going to watch it together today. So uh, for those of you that want to watch along with us, again, fire up that Peacock, or if you still have access to the WWE Network, whatever machine, fire it up. Kurt, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to go. <laughs> awesome, man. This is exciting. So you want to find season three uh, again, if you're watching on Peacock and it's episode 27, and we're going to give you just a minute to find that if you're on ad free shows, you get to watch us live here on video and you can see Kurt in his cowboy hat. He's not kidding. He's wearing it this week. And, uh, again, this is going to be hilarious. So with that, let's get it going, Kurt. And we're going to hit play together in three, two, one play. There we go. All right, and we're started uh, with the, the typical WWF branding and, and the intro here to the episode, and we're going to get started here. This is fun one, Kurt. I know you're looking forward to it. Yeah, this is my all-time favorite episode. This is when we blew it out with all the pre-tapes with uh, Steve Austin, Vince, and myself. Hilarious. Yeah, you're all over the recap here. Uh, this is Yeah, this I'm all over the recap of last week's SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> so to set the stage here, the boss, Vince, purchases WCW. We're here in 2001 again. And one of the first things he does is make out with Tori Wilson. It's good to be the king, isn't it, Kurt? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great to be the king. You buy WCW and then you get to kiss Tori Wilson. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, man. And uh, this is fun. They're all over the place. They're in the shower. Uh, you know, Vince is trying to do whatever he needs to, to get the seal, the deal when stone cold pops in, what are you doing over here, boss? Just want to talk to you for a little bit. Good stuff. Steve was always jealous. If Vince was paying attention to anyone else, he would get really mad. <laughs> even if it was Tory Wilson. Uh, yes. Even if it was Tory Wilson. So let me ask, especially you, me, Kurt, let me ask, what's it like to shoot these promos with Vince, Steve and Tory? 
Did you have fun with these or, and how scripted was this? We had a lot of fun. It, it was hard to keep a straight face. Uh, you know, we, we probably, you know, I would say that, uh, it was, it was priceless. I, 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 there's no other way to explain it. We had so much fun doing this. Uh, I was just trying to hit on Tori a little bit there <laughs> with Vince. Vince got mad at me. This is great stuff. Uh, these pre-tapes were priceless. And she's a great sport about all this. Was she just as fun and really cool about it all behind the scenes as well? Kind of having fun with this Vince stuff. Yeah. Tori always went with it. She had a great personality. She had a great attitude. Nothing, no problems from her. She was awesome. And this is back when, you know, things were a little different. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was watching this yesterday. More sex objects, you know, compared to today, you know, that, that wouldn't fly today. This stuff was a little crazy back then. Yeah, exactly my sentiment when I was watching this and uh, my son peeked in. I'm like, yeah, this was a different uh, era back then, bud, wasn't it? And he was like, oh, yeah, eyes as big <laughs> as saucers. So Vince is hilarious. I mean, he he loved being that perverted boss. He really <laughs> he played it so well. He was really good at it. Yes. And, and then, there's Linda. <laughs> and listen, the guy is a month away from turning 56 years old and he is jacked. Oh yeah. He, Vince has always looks good. He's always had a great body guy really takes care of himself. He eats, he diets properly. He works out every day. He works out two and a half hours a day. He does it in the middle of the night. He's an animal. He's a machine. He doesn't sleep. And here we are. We're into the music. Vince looks like one of those guys that would be taking advantage of those chicken snacks, Kurt. That's what I'm saying right there. (laughs) All I that, need to send some to him. All that protein. I mean, that's right up his alley. It definitely is. Actually, he had them and he loved them. And I told him I was going to send them more. He said, don't do that because I'll eat them all. There you go. <laughs> I'll eat them all in one sitting. So he didn't want them anymore. He said they're too good. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance. Or finally, understanding all of those terms your friends keep throwing around, like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Learn about these investment products and more at Investor.gov, your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest investor.gov. Well, listen, I'll tell you what's too good. It's this episode. We're into it. The music, the pyro, it's all going down and uh, we're going to kick uh, SmackDown off uh, with a fun match here. It's going to open with Spike Dudley and Chris Jericho, and they're going to face off against the Dudley boys. This is a time, man. Look at it. The ruckus crowd. We're in Tacoma, Washington signs everywhere. It just felt like an electric environment. It was back then. The environment back then was amazing. Uh, uh, the fans were so attentive, responsive. Um, you know, this is the biggest time in professional wrestling history. This is when the ratings were the highest they ever were, and rightfully so. We were doing some great stuff back then, great business. Uh, the storylines were great. The characters were uh, a lot different than today, you know. Back then you had, you know, a pimp and a porn star and, you know, you, you had a bunch of different characters that you don't have today. 
it seems like today everybody is uh, strictly relying on performance and not much character development. There are some characters, but there aren't a lot. Yeah, there was definitely a little bit more storytelling involved and build up and just the comedy of what this show is going to end up being that spans throughout the entire, you know, hour and a half here. It just it, it captivates you from the start all the way through, tells that story all the way through to the finish. And what I find is interesting as I'm watching this is Chris Jericho's coming out, kicking off the show. Kurt, we sit here 20 years later. I watched a wrestling program the other night, and he's kicking off the show coming out there, too. It's just I amazing, know. his career. It, it, he, he is uh, incredible. Uh, you know, for him to be able to do what he does at this level, at this point in his life, is unreal. He hasn't skipped a beat since the day he started. He, he's an amazing talent, and he continues to be. Yeah, you talk about that entertainment level. I challenge anyone to figure out, you know, four or five guys better or more entertaining than Chris Jericho has been throughout his career and his, how he's evolved his character. Uh, but this is going to be a fun one, man. We got you guys, you and uh, you and uh, and Stone Cold again. We're going to get into that in a minute. But here it's Chris Jericho. It's Spike Dudley, uh, Spike Dudley challenging the Dudley boys uh, for the tag team titles. Any fun stories working with any of these guys? Well, I had a lot of fun with all of them, but you know, Spike Dudley, the kid had the biggest set of balls of anybody I've ever met. The kid was uh, brave, uh, fearless. Uh, he was a kamikaze and, uh, you know, Chris Jericho, one of the most talented performers of all time. He really is. And the Dudley boys are the most successful tag team of all time. So I had a lot of fun working with all these guys. They were all incredibly uh, professional and uh, they were all amazing in the ring. I just saw recently WWE did uh, kind of a, a listing of some of the top tag teams of all time. And really not surprising. Edge and Christian are in that list. But so are the Dudley boys. They were number five. And you think about what they've done throughout their tag team career, whether it's in WWE or this was WWF at the time or ECW or TNA. They, they just had a lot of longevity and Many, many tag team title runs, uh, you know, for those guys. Yeah, I think they're up to like 25 or 26. It's, yeah, it's an obscene amount of, of, of title runs. It's insane if you add them all together. Yeah, they've had a lot of success in their careers. Not only do we have these four performers, but we got the Hall of Fame, who I would consider a Hall of Fame referee, Earl Hebner in there with these guys. Hebs, yes, yes. Hebs was great. I, I loved him. Uh, him and his son were my two favorite referees. Okay. They, they knew what they were doing. They wanted to be involved in the whole entire match, not just the finish. They wanted to know what was going on just in case we would forget they could remind us. Those guys were great at, at refereeing. They were the third wheel in the ring and they did an awesome job. So Kurt, this episode here is two weeks after your King of the Ring match with Shane McMahon that you and Conrad covered just a few weeks ago. Uh, and you're doing a lot of fun, like vignettes, as we mentioned with Steve and Vince, is it because you're both banged up and it's necessary to be on the show without the wrestling at this point? Well, at the time the rock just left, you know, stone cold and I were the two top talents on the show. Uh, if we were sitting at home, there'd be a lot of star power gone off the show. So Vince decided to keep us on the show to help with some of the ratings he decided we're going to do some pre-tapes, entertaining pre-tapes um, to, uh, you know, 
keep keep the show moving forward. So uh, Steve and I agreed. We want we didn't want to sit at home. We wanted to do something creative, and uh, we were up for it. So Vince decided to do these pre tapes, and we had a lot of fun with them. Who would have been involved? Was that was that Brian Gerwitz then doing a lot of the writing for those for these in particular these skits? Yeah, Brian would come up with the concept, and, and Vince would uh, tweak it a little bit right before we do the pre-tape. And Vince would come up with the idea that he wanted and the storyline that he wanted us to portray. And then he would say, "I'm going to start, Kurt. You chime in, Steve. You chime in. Say this, and then we'll just let it naturally flow after that." So part of it was scripted, but most of it was ad lib. And Vince and Steve were great at ad libbing. They were incredible. I, I just followed their lead. <laughs> Listen, I, we'll get there because we're watching this match now. And we're going to play it as we go along. But, man, some of the stuff that you guys were doing uh, during these scripts, uh, you could just tell Stone Cold was trying everything he could to grit his teeth so he wouldn't bust up laughing at you. It was priceless. Oh, yeah. And I was doing the same with him. And there are a lot of instances where – you know, we had to break the t- pre-tape and uh, do it over again because we were laughing so hard and Vince was getting pissed off. Oh, wow. And then Vince decided, to listen, if you guys continue to laugh during the pre-tape, before I yell cut, I'm going to fine you $2,000 for each one. So we, we we got really serious about the pre-tapes, even though they they were supposed to be funny, but we, we had to, you know, be more serious about what we needed to do, what we needed to accomplish. So uh, we decided that we weren't going to laugh anymore, and we were able to get the pre-tapes done a lot quicker then. So that was Vince being real, though. Like, he wasn't kidding around. He was being dead serious with those fines. Yes, he was wow. really. Well, hey. He said, no more laughing. Yeah. He didn't want to spend the whole night because he, Vince, is he's a character because he will spend the whole entire night doing the pre-tape until the morning, even the next afternoon. If you don't do it right, he's a perfectionist. He's He's going to make you do it until it's done. He, I remember when NWO came back to WWE and Vince had them all night doing pre-tapes because they were, they would say what they wanted to say. And Vince is like, no, you're going to say what I tell you to say. And they kept doing it all night. And I think Vince was also trying to teach him a lesson about, you know, leaving him high and dry in the nineties and going to, you know, yeah. WCW. I think that there was a little bit of a message of, I'm going to get you back for this. So they're going to be doing pre-tapes all night. And they did. They went until like five in the morning. So Vince is a perfectionist. He wants it done right. Well, and not only that, you're back here with me and you're going to do what I say, whether you like it or not. It's cool, guys. <laughs> so just stick to the script, pal. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. But hey, that's why. That's why he is successful. You talk about a perfectionist when it comes to that. You have to be. This is going to millions. And the attention to detail, listen, if you don't believe it, just look at social media. People are paying attention to every little thing that happens or occurs or it gets messed up in wrestling. And so you got to be on top of that. Oh, you certainly do. That's that. That's with, without a doubt. You're absolutely right. So, Kurt, this taping of SmackDown, like I said at the top, comes to us uh, from Tacoma, this was also the site of an infamous Raw taping where Buff Bagwell and Booker T main evented Raw, and it was a total disaster. Do you remember the feeling of the locker room coming off of that show? Well, you know, things got a lot different. Uh, things were changing all the time, you know, with the unsuccessful match that Buff Bagwell and Booker T had. No, no blame to Booker T. I think that, you know, the blame needs to go to Buff. He, he wasn't prepared for it. 
and uh, he was uh, out of ring shape. So, um, you know, there was a lot of confusion in the locker room because things were getting changed all the time. You know, WCW is supposed to air on Raw every week. That got changed. ECW came into the mix with the invasion. So WCW got changed up and they decided to intertwine both ECW and WCW. So for us, we were confused and we, 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 would, we were only told what we needed to do that day. We weren't told what was going to happen in the future because things kept changing. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, I've heard Bruce Pritchard talk about on his show a little bit, just how quickly it all happened once WCW got purchased and trying to figure out what direction we're going to do. Here are the wrestlers we have. Here are the ones that are not coming in because they want to stay at home and get paid. How do you figure it out and make it work when you got TV deadlines and everything else quickly approaching? I think Vince was on uh, beast mode and he got as much talent as he could signed. Yeah. And- and uh, he did an incredible job of that. I mean, you had Booker T come in. You had uh, uh, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, Shane Helms, Billy Kidman. There were a lot of great talent that came in. So, you know, Vince did his work and he was successful at it. He might not have got a lot of the very top talent because they were the ones making the big bucks and they wanted to sit home, collect the paycheck. So that, you know, that, that, that was that, but, I think that he did an amazing job with the talent that he got. Well, here we go. The Dudleys finish off Spike with a 3D. Spike came off the uh, the ring there, the top of the ropes awkwardly. He ended up with a hairline fracture, by the way, on that blocked Dudley dog. Uh, but Chris Jericho would come back in, clear house after this one. Again, the Dudleys retain the belts, and, uh, and that'll close down that match. He's checking on Spike here. But, yeah, he, he suffered a little bit of a hairline fracture from that, from that move coming off the rope. Yeah, I knew he got hurt. I wasn't sure what it was, but I do remember this. This this stuff happens. It's live, and you just never know and can prepare. If anyone knows about injuries occurring, it's you, Kurt, through in matches, and I just don't take anything for granted when you're going out there and putting on a show in front of the people. So here we are. We're in the back, Kurt. If it's okay with you, I'm going to play this a little bit. Are, are we ready? Play it, yes. All right, let's do it. Get a breath. Come on in here. How you doing? I'm not doing good at all. I, I you know, I mean, I, last Monday was a nightmare for me. I, I've never been Steve, my pants and my and my underwear were down around my damn ankles. I mean, my, and that woman, that conniving woman. I mean, and she sets you up. It's exactly what she did, and, and I'm not over it. I'm just, I, I just can't come to grips with it. I'm not over. You got to get yourself together, man. You're Vince McMahon. I know I am, but... Well, if you don't mind me saying, Mr. McMahon, I think you totally got what you deserved. You did? It was Vince McMahon, boy, boy. He didn't deserve to be humiliated on No, he didn't. Hey, I brought something to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. I brought you a present. I brought you a present from Texas. Really? For yeah. me? Yeah, you'll love it. Really? And I was, well, I was in a gift-giving mood, so I bought myself one, too. You did? Yeah. Got it right here. Well, um, should I open it now? Uh, let's open them together. All right, let's open them together. Uh, nice wrap. 
<laughs> you like it, don't you? I can't believe you did this for me. You know, man, from Texas and all, I thought this would be the thing to cheer you up. Well, here it goes. Put on, partner. What do you think, Deborah? Oh, that is so you. Goes with the shirt, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You look great. Thank you. How you doing there, cowboy? Hey, how are you? Hey, Vince, how you doing? Good. Hey. Well, I'm here. Hey, I don't know if you guys realize this, but you have the same identical cowboy hats on. Look, I don't know if you remember what happened to me on Monday, okay? Yeah, yeah, Vince, I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, well, you know what? And, and Steve brought me a gift. This is a gift from Stone Cold Steve Austin all the way from Texas. And quite frankly, he's doing a hell of a lot to cheer me up. I'm glad. That's great. What's wrong? Well, you got Vince a gift. You even got yourself a gift. You didn't get me a big gift. <laughs> you know, you think Stone Cold Steve Austin is a big tough guy all the time, but I got you something, you little rascal. He did? <laughs> yeah. I didn't forget about you. That's great. You're Thank you. Pal. Yeah. I like you. Not very much, but I like you. Is that it? It is. Oh, wow. It's for you. Oh, man. This is great. Sit down and open it up. Oh, God. Hey, but uh, we'll make sure this goes this way. No, straight down. What we can do, we'll get some steam. We can, we can shape them later. Steam them? Yeah, make them the exact same. Hey, guys, how's this look? <laughs> I feel like a real cowboy. Yippee Kaye! You look great. Thank you. you look really I feel great. great. You look really great. Oh, that was my that. goodness. <laughs> what do you think, Kurt? All coming back to you oh, now, huh? Yes, yes. I actually chuckled a little bit. Uh, you know, I've seen that so many times, but it's funny every single time I see it. <laughs> Who, so you we, got Vince a gift. You get me a gift. <laughs> Where's my gift? So where did you guys get the hats, Kurt? Where did you get, where'd you find your hat? I didn't find it anywhere. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin was in the San Antonio International Airport, and he saw this little tiny cowboy hat in a gift shop. He said, damn, I got to get that for Kurt. I'm going to get two bigger cowboy hats for me and Vince and make Kurt look like an idiot. So <laughs> this is what he told me. So he brought it to TV, and he said, hey, I have this idea. He pitched it to Vince, and Vince said, I love it. So that was it. We uh, we ended up doing the cowboy hat segments, and 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 the rest is history. <laughs> and that's still the same hat you had on in this video just a There's few minutes the ago. Same exact hat. I love this it. This is one of my fondest memories in WWE, uh, including the wrestling. These moments are what makes it last forever. It's uh, the fans remember these moments forever. This and the milk truck incident were my two most favorite moments. And uh, I will never forget them and I will cherish them forever. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, 
made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Now, don't get me wrong. The wrestling matches mean just as much. But when you're doing character development and you do things like this, the, the fans remember the moments most of all. Absolutely. I mean, it's the most talked about between that and the milk truck. Those are those are the two iconic Kurt Angle moments when you're thinking about yeah, that, that or the uh, when Brock Lesnar missed the shooting. Oh, stuff. yeah. How could we forget <laughs> that one? That was another moment. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good moment, though. So we uh, we moved on there past the the vignette, and we moved on to the referees. They were in the back getting into it. You had WCW and the WWF referees, and that will lead us to Miss Jackie and Crash Holly. Kurt, did you ever enjoy working with women in the ring? I worked with China, and I actually loved it. She was great. I mean, she was really basic but very effective, and I, I really enjoyed working with her. Uh, you know. Crash here, work, <laughs> Crash are working these women. He uh, he gets his butt kicked by, uh, I think, Jackie here. Yeah. I think she stiffed him pretty good, too. But uh, she he was amazing. Jackie, she was wrestling like a guy before re- women were doing that. In other words, women now, they're actually just as good, if not better, than the guys. Yeah. Back then, they were treated as sex objects, and they would have bikini matches, wet T-shirt contests. Jackie was a wrestler. She was a badass, and she proved it in the ring. She wrestled like a man back then when they weren't doing that. And you you can hear the respect. I've heard other wrestlers being interviewed when they talk about her. It's always the same. She was a badass. She was a hard worker. She knew her craft. Hey, she's a Hall of Famer and uh, very well respected when it comes to a, as a female performer. Incredible athlete, too. And uh, you know what? But I tell you what, this was before its time, right? There's wrestling companies now. Doing <laughs> you can't do that anymore. No, a punch no. a girl in the face. No. <laughs> you know, back then the attitude era was a lot different. <laughs> but they do have these intergender matches, especially more on the indies and things like that now where, hey, we want to mix it up. And so this is kind of before its time when you talk about it, inter- intergender matchups. Yeah, you're right. Uh, n- now they do tag matches where they mix mix match, uh, you know, male, male and female. Uh, but, you know, the females usually don't get in the ring with the males and the males don't get in the ring yeah. with the females. They're very careful about planning that match out. And Crash, I tell you what, man, to be uh, uh, at this point, again, this time, this is 2001, 20 years ago, to be tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, we want to get you to go out and we want you to wrestle Jackie tonight. We want, want you to wrestle a woman and and just carry it like a professional. He does a great job here. Makes it entertaining, believable. There's a skill to that. And, and he does a great job with Jackie in this match. He certainly does. Uh, Crash was a great performer. He has a big heart. And, uh, you know, he's he's had a lot of success and he's 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 an undersized wrestler. Yeah. He's, he's quite small for the position he's been put in. I love the name crash because that was what he did. He crashed into people, you know, he was a uh, reckless and he was a, a little guy that would just, you know, chop down a big guy and, and, and annihilate them. So 
Uh, you know, but here, <laughs> here he loses to a woman, unfortunately. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to ruin the finish, but yeah, uh, it's going to happen here soon. Would you, uh, do you think you'd ever have any objections to putting a woman over like this, Kurt? Uh, like this, I don't know. Uh, but, but would I put a woman over if I had to? Yes, I would. Um, especially someone like China or, you know, even Charlotte Flair. Oh, she's, she's had so much success. Uh, you know, you can, you can pit her up against any male today. So she, she's somebody that I'd probably do a job for. I was going to ask you, like, who would be your, who would be the top in your eyes right now? And obviously you answered there uh, with Charlotte. She is, it's incredible. Not only does she kind of bring her father and what he could do almost forward, but now the athleticism of what she can do in the ring is, is top notch. Well, Rick was a great athlete, but not as nearly as athletic as Charlotte. She is, she's especially for her height. Yes. She's not a stocky girl. She's pretty tall. You have Jackie here. She beats Crash. She bloodies his nose up a little bit here. So he's going to take that with him back to the locker room. But again, very well done match between the two of them here. Very entertaining. And she comes out on top and Crash does a nice job. It's all believable. It all looks great on TV. And uh, we're going to transition now onto the next segment, uh, our RC Cola Rewind, I guess, of the week. And here we are with Jeff Hardy, Lita, and Matter, wondering what's going on with all this. And uh, interesting times here again with the Hardys and Lita. What did you think of the way women uh, are projected here? I know we talked about it already a little bit, but what were your thoughts about, about how the women were, were handled at this point? Well, back then it was more, you know, women flirting with men, trying to hit on them to get what they want. Uh, you know, women would do bikini matches. It was a lot different back then. And now, you know, they, they, they do everything that the men do and uh, rightfully so. That's the way it should be. But back then the attitude era was different. It was a different time and a different place. And, uh, you know, the, the boss, Vince McMahon, had different plans on the table for it. And, uh, you know, it was the most successful time in professional wrestling, though. So there's something that was done right with that. I tell you what, though, but when you think of the top two women, yes, there's a lot of sexual things. There was a lot of different, uh, you mentioned bra and panties, wet t-shirts, all this kind of stuff. But Lita and Trish will always be two of the top names that we think about now that really, though, kind of still helped bring the women's wrestling forward. They were great performers in ring and had some classic battles in these days. Yes, they were the start of it with Jackie. Yeah. I mean, Trish and Lita, they, they spearheaded uh, women's wrestling. They were the very start of, of the evolution of women's wrestling, and they did an amazing job. Speaking of the uh, old Tacoma Raw, we're doing a recap here of what happened on Monday night with that match. And there was a big time run in uh, you and, and Steve Austin uh, run in there to attack Booker. Uh, when you look back here at this one and only match of Buff Bagwell, it's his one and only one on a WWF live shoot. And you and Steve are throwing him out of the arena. Any thoughts or memories of, of this night or kind of the thoughts after the show? No, I just remember that the last match of the night was a real stinker. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, it did change the path of the WWE and where they wanted to go. Uh, not sure why that occurred. Uh, I think Vince just got cold feet and thought, okay, maybe we shouldn't do this. So, you know, Vince is the boss. He's going to do what he wants to do. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't blame him again. There was, you just had a certain mix of talent that was available for him at that point, And you had to make some quick decisions. Now we're seeing, uh, we have a big match on this card, by the way, it's going to be the main event. It is Booker T. He's going to defend the WCW title against diamond Dallas page. Uh, they're showing him coming into the arena with all the WWF wrestlers, giving him the once over, uh, as he comes in, like, who do you think you are, pal? And, uh, and now he's face to face with, uh, APA, Ron Simmons and JBL. And, uh, they're giving him a little bit of a hard time too. So it was definitely uh, interesting times, uh, back then as we made this transition. Well, I think Vince wanted to, you know, show the, consider the consideration of the battle between WCW and WWE. He wanted to. It to look like we were enemies. Yeah. Uh, you know, the wrestlers that we hated each other. That's right. WCW and the WWE hated each other. And that's that's what the look for is we're all about. And uh, after this segment, we're back in with all of you guys. You have your hats on. Vince and uh, Steve are going back and forth. And there's a gentleman that's going to knock on the door here, Kurt. And, and you're going to go over like the good Samaritan you are and answer the door and see what the gentleman needs. He's got some paperwork in his hands and it's going to be a divorce summons for Vince McMahon from Linda. Who is, who is this guy? Do you have any idea who this guy is that came in and uh, is now handing Vince McMahon the, uh, the divorce summons here? Well, for, of course I let the guy come in and give Vince, you do, the subpoena. you know, I'm the, idiot. so, uh, <laughs> the guy, you know, Vince, Vince was very, Vince was very adamant about using his real attorneys. Uh -huh. He would pick a WWE attorney from the headquarters. So he never used an actor. It was always an attorney from the office. So there you go. One of the WWE uh, attorneys there came in, delivers him the papers. He's saying when the settlement date is for this, this, interaction here with Linda and how she spotted him with his pants down around the ankles and Vince with the scowl. You, you, I, I just have fun watching you and you and stone cold during these because of the half smirks. I know we were trying not to laugh. And now uh, I know it's because could see us doing about $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's each time we did it. Wow. So if we did the free tape, if we would have done it 10 times and we kept messing up, it would have been, it would have been $20,000. And this is where you're just calling each other names, going back and forth. He was calling you jackass. You were calling him an Indian giver. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And I the, wasn't allowed to swear. Yeah. So no, I, you I had to keep, had you had to be G rated. That was a nerdy you were doing. character. Yes. You know, <laughs> that was so fun. It was clever. That was Vince's idea. And we're it's always Vince's idea. I blame everything on Vince. And with that, we're on to the next match. It's a WCW match. It's Billy Kidman facing off against Gregory Helms for the WCW Cruiserweight title. And you have Arn Anderson and Scott Hudson doing commentary here. So it's not Tony Schiavone. He didn't come over. Uh, it's, it's Arn Anderson on the mic, which by the way, if you're listening to this or watching this another time, it was a fun listen hearing Arn on the mic. And, uh, as he broke down the call, Scott Hudson, again, was a mainstay with WCW for a long time. Uh, any fun memories for you, Kurt with Kidman Helms, or maybe we can also talk a little bit about Arn here. Well, you know, I think that these guys had amazing careers in WCW. They were the two best cruiserweights that pivoted over to the WWE and they actually 
became mainstream in WWE, they both had incredible careers, especially Shane Helms with the Hurricane Helms character. And Arn Anderson, I thought that he bowed out a little early. I wish I would have seen him wrestle. I wish I would have been able to wrestle him, Dream uh, you know, once or twice before he retired. Uh, I love the guy. Uh, one of the, one of the best wrestlers, you know, uh, you know, part of uh, Ric Flair's uh, uh, gang of guys, where they called the Four Horsemen. Yep. Uh, you know, Arn Anderson yep. is a legend, and I would have loved to wrestle him. He he is a legend, still is a legend, still contributing to the business to this day. You know, went on to have a, a fantastic career as an agent, helping put matches together, helping guys talk through wrestling psychology. And uh, I know he was one of the close ones that worked a lot with John Cena through the years for a lot of his matches. Yes, John, you know, Arn was John's favorite agent. John felt very comfortable with Arn. And I think it was because of his incredible knowledge for the business. Yeah. I think John Cena portrayed yeah. himself as another Arn Anderson. He wanted to work like Arn. Hmm. This is the first time Helms is called Gregory Helms because they changed it from Shane Helms here. So that's a little interesting of note. We all not sure what happened. Yeah. Not sure yeah. why that changed either, but they went with that for a little while. You have X-Pac in the box kind of watching what's going on. He's the light heavyweight champion at this point for the WWF, so he's kind of keeping an eye on what's going on here. And Charles Robinson, little Nate, in the ring as your WCW referee. I had fun with Charles. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I did have one incident with Charles where he kind of messed up one of my finishes. It was against Booker T and we were supposed to have a three match program and Booker T beat me in the first match and the second match I was supposed to win. And Charles uh, didn't count. He actually counted the finish, the false finish that Booker T had on me. And he, he pinned me uh, not knowing that uh, I was, he forgot that I was supposed to win. Oh, he forgot no. the finish. So, and get, don't get me wrong. He's an incredible referee. It was just one mistake. It happens to the best of them, and uh, I completely understand. Sure. As many matches as these guys ref and different finishes that they have to work through with all of you, right? They got to keep that in oh, their mind. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do four or five matches that night, each referee. Kurt, did you see a difference in the work between the WCW wrestlers and the WWF wrestlers at this time? You know what? The guys that came in, I heard rumors about WCW that the top guy. They didn't want to work the house shows. They didn't want to work TVs. Only wanted to do pay-per-view. Uh, but we didn't see that when they came into WWE. Guys like, you know, like I said before, Booker T and and um, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. These are the guys that came in. You know, Dean Malenko, these two, Billy Kidman and Shane Helms. Uh, they, they had incredible work ethics and they were very intense workers. So I didn't see much of a difference. And, you know, the rumors I were told uh, didn't really happen, but you know, again, you know, what they were able to get away with in WCW, there was no way Vince McMahon was going to let them get away with it in WWE. So they knew they had to put their game face on. Yeah. Well, and it's really encouraging, too, to see Billy Kidman and what kind of career he's going on to have with the WWE. I mean, we talked about Arn Anderson in that role, but Billy Kidman's had himself a heck of a backstage career. Yes, he, he's done amazingly well. Uh, especially with his, uh, you know, being an agent. Now he's a producer, not a producer, but he, he uh, does the gorilla position. Yeah. yeah. He Works with the referees. The yep. Yes. And, and he's really good at it. I, I, I was doing matches where I would uh, be an agent for a match 
and I would uh, be calling it to the referee and Billy was teaching me how to do it. He, he, he had incredible knowledge with wow. all this stuff. So he was the one that taught me on the fly. Here he went for the, uh, the shooting star presser. Uh, it doesn't hit it. He gets nailed by Gregory Helms at this point. And, ah, oh, I thought that he was going to have him there. Not yet. Close one. Shane Helms, though, another talented guy, you know, don't want to sleep on what he's been able to accomplish, not only in his career as a wrestler, but also behind the stage and backstage with a lot of companies and specifically with the WWE. Yeah, he's gone around to quite a few places. Yeah. He's, he's been around the block, so uh, he does have incredible knowledge and he's, um, you know, very gifted with the business. And so there we go, Kurt. We have a title change. Billy Kidman wins the Cruiserweight Championship. So he gets the pin on Gregory Helms, wins the belt here. Again, nice title change on SmackDown. And a big win for him picking up the, the title the title here. We're going to move on after this match. I know we're transitioning to the back. So we're going to play a little bit of the audio here uh, with Vince. Here we go. I can't believe this is happening to me. I mean, that woman, those women, those conniving women, trying to set me up, conspiring against me like this. And I know what I'll do. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to, they're trying to ruin my reputation. Oh, ruin your reputation? Mr. McMahon, I don't think that's possible. Well, it is possible, Deborah, but I'm not going to let it happen. You see, it's only possible if I let it happen, and I'm not about to. All I've got to do is go to the public and tell them my side of the story. Having a little uh, technical difficulty here. Here we go. Do what I do, they'll understand. You see, it's simply about me telling the truth. Excuse me. Classic stuff here with Vince McMahon. Uh, it's Deborah. It's you. It's it's uh, Stone Cold in the background. And this is where Steve's really having a hard time keeping a straight face. Were you, like you said, I guess at the beginning, the whole time you guys were having a hard time uh, keeping a straight face. And this is the part where you say you really do the Boy Scouts. You did the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts. Did you really do the Boy Scouts, Kurt? No, that was Vince's idea. I, I don't know why, but Vince thinks that Boy Scouts are nerds. And uh, so he wanted me to <laughs> say that I was part of the Boy Scouts growing up. Um, you know, actually, I, you know, I have a, little, a few friends that were Boy Scouts. So I, I don't think they're nerds, but, uh, you know, Vince actually thought that would be a good idea to say that just to expand my character. Just another way to bring out the further nerdiness of who you're supposed to be at this point. Kind of that uh, leave it to beaver character, if you will. G G Wally. All right, y'all listen up. I got to tell you, I learned something this last year. I couldn't believe, uh, I feel like I've been sort of misled my whole life, but here's a pro tip I want to share with you. If you're like me and occasionally you had to go to one of those like big box stores for something for your car, I find myself going at least once a year, I'll get some sort of warning on my car that says, Hey, you're a quart low and I got to go pick up some oil. Well, here's the deal, man. I didn't realize that those stores, they're ripoff joints, dude. They've got two different price tiers. If you stretch your ass in there and you've got on a mechanic shirt, you get a better deal than me or you do. 
That ain't fair. That ain't cool. I ain't with it. You know what I like? I like rockauto.com. Their prices are reliably low, and it's the same price for everybody. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or you're a full-time mechanic, there's not priced here as like you're a freaking airline where they're gouging you based on what the market can bear. I shouldn't have to pay more for my stuff. Come on, man. I'm trying to do it myself. What's the difference? RockAuto.com doesn't handle me that way. RockAuto.com wants more money in my pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business. And oh yeah, this is not a startup. They've been serving auto parts customers online for like 20 years. So why don't you go to RockAuto.com right now and just type in your make and model. What you're going to see is everything they have for your car. They'll do it very quickly. You'll be able to choose all the brands, all the specs, and all the prices. But did I mention the prices are always reliably low and the same across the board? Why would you spend twice as much for the same stuff? It ain't fair. RockAuto.com is on our side. And they have everything we need, man. From engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil. Hell, even new carpet. And by the way, this isn't just for your daily driver. They got your classic as well. My dad is obsessed with the website. He got an old school classic Corvette a few years ago, and now he can find everything he needs just like that. And a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Now I want to mention their catalog online is so easy. Even my dad can do it. I think dad's going to be 64. Yeah. Dad's 64. And he is not, uh, well, he might be what we call technology challenged or technologically challenged. Easy for me to say I'm English challenged. The idea is though, dad can do this. Recommend rock auto to everyone. You know, this is the new life hat, but do me a favor. When you do this, when you go to rockauto.com and you see all the parts that are available for your car or truck, they're going to ask you, Hey, how'd you hear about us? Please just write in angle that lets them know that we sent you and it's the best way to help and support our show. And oh, by the way, it doesn't cost anything. So go find what you're looking for. And when you see the whole, how did you hear about us box angle one more time, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. So, uh, we're going back here. We're showing the highlights of what happened with Vince and Linda and the stare down once again. And now we're back. It's Edge and Christian backstage. And uh, Christian is shining up Edge's newly won King of the Ring trophy. Again, that was just a, a few weeks prior to this event. Uh, do you miss working with these guys after spending a bunch of time with them uh, in the spring here? Yes, I worked together with them, did matches, pre tapes. We were tra traveling together. And, uh, you know, I really miss those guys. We had so much fun doing all that stuff together. Uh, we were best friends and, you know, the, unfortunately good things come to an end and that did. Well, I'll tell you what, it's both, it's good to see both of them now working back in the business that they love and, uh, and doing it in a big time way, both with different companies. But again, who would have envisioned that, especially with some of their crippling injuries that they suffered over the years. So it's nice to see that. And we're moving on, Kurt. It's Vince McMahon himself, the cowboy, the sheriff, with his Hawaiian shirt, making his way down as only he can. A few nods, a few tip of the caps, and we're going to get Vince live in the ring here. This is going to be one of the most ridiculous promos of all time. Oh, my. Here we go. So they're, they're going to show some reactions from you guys as, as we're watching this, as he gets into it here. And I have to ask, that's all pre-tape too, right? That's not all live while you're watching him. You even pre-tape kind of the, the reaction to the speech a little bit, or is that? No, those, those were live. Were they? Yeah, we did. 
live. Yes. Okay. Uh, we, always, we always did the reactions live. Good. It was never pre-taped because you want, you want to see the TV too. And Vince was on that TV. So if you, you know, every once in a while, they wouldn't do it. They would hide the TV, pretend we were looking at a TV. Gotcha. But in this instance, this was done live. Yeah. Well, here we go. You guys are obviously sitting. They showed you in the back there, sitting with your little cowboy hats on. Vince is about to talk about he, how he's a sexual dynamo. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny because with this promo, it starts off like why it's not his fault and why, you know, I did nothing That's wrong. Vince. Never say sorry. He never did anything wrong. It's not his fault. That is Vince McGrath. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can capture a little bit of this for the, uh, for the audience. Something dear to me. So, therefore, I would just like to state that my wife, Linda McMahon, would have all of you believe that, that quite frankly, I have a bad reputation. My wife, Linda McMahon, would have you believe that I am a womanizer, that I'm a philanderer, a skirt chaser, even a lech. And last Monday night, my wife conspired with WCW Tory Wilson. And the two of them conspired against me and trying to ruin my reputation. And by the way, just for the record, I really wasn't going to go that far with Tory Wilson. <laughs> I wasn't. I admit. I admit I may have had a little lust in my heart. I admit I may have thought about her. Oh man. Good. This is uh I'm going to I'm, I'm going to mute it here, but this is him again saying he might have might have lusted after, might have wanted her, but it was all a conspiracy theory here. None of this was his idea. Yeah, this was great. This was great TV. You know, Vince never apologizing saying that he, you know, they were conspiring against them, although he might've had a little loss, but it was still a conspiracy. <laughs> that is <laughs> always putting the blame on the other people. I think about when he said I had lust in my heart, I, I automatically thought of macho man talking about Hogan back in the day. When he looked at Elizabeth, you got lust in your eyes, brother. <laughs> That's what I thought about when he said that. That's fun stuff, but uh, Very in, in a Hawaiian shirt, a no loss here. So, okay. yeah, I'm not sure why he wore that. <laughs> I'm sure I, yeah. Vince is usually in a suit, but you know, back then he was a little, uh, more comfortable. He, he liked wearing crazy ass stuff, you know, like Hawaiian shirts and t-shirts. Uh, but Vince usually wore a suit. Some of the most entertaining stuff in this era too, was the signs in the, in the audience, you know, uh, but there's, you don't see that anymore at the live shows. Well, obviously we're getting back to live shows here soon, but signs were a big deal back in the late nineties and early two thousands. And there was some creative stuff out there, especially as they're rummaging through, I'm not going to read them off here, but as they're going through the crowd, you'll have to go back and watch this one for yourselves. But, uh, again, highly entertaining era of wrestling. Here we are we're back to looking at you too. <laughs> they're the signs are a big part of the show yeah that's why they show them they show them a lot during the show they want the fans to be interacted with tv deborah has now joined you guys in the back for her live reaction to some of this nonsense and he continues to go on here 
but he's going to be interrupted. We're going to get an interruption. And uh, William Regal and Tajiri are about to make their way to the ring here momentarily. William Regal was great. What a great talent. Uh, hilarious. He was perfect in this role, too. He was a GM, and uh, he, he had great chemistry with all of us. This was a really cool thing, and uh, William Regal was a big part of it. Steve Austin grabbing his chest at his heart as he listens to this impassionate promo. You, you got you two behind this behind the scenes as they keep flashing to you. You, you guys make this even. I mean, it takes it to the next level. I, I was just following Steve's lead. That's all I was doing. <laughs> if he did something, I would do something. So here we go. William Regal Tajiri have made their way into the ring, and they're about to tell him it's not your fault. You can't help it who you are. You can't help that you're a magnetic individual and that you have the power and you're a billionaire. This isn't your fault, Vince. And Vince is sitting there listening. He's buying into it. He's loving it. Tajiri here. My goodness. He's making some great faces. He, he was an amazing wrestler, by the way, too. To, great in this role. Great wrestler. Any memories of Tajiri in the ring for you, Kurt? Yes, you know, he was incredible Japanese-style wrestler. Uh, he had great technique. Um, I had a lot of fun working with him. And the thing is, what made him stand out was his character, um, his facial expressions. You know, he, he didn't even speak English, you know, yeah. but you understood because of his face. And, uh, you know, that, that, that doesn't come by very often. Uh, very few talents have that type of, uh, you know, talent to be able to, uh, portrayed by facial expressions only. Tajiri was incredible. He really was. Regal tells Vince to stop apologizing for himself, gives him a hug, and they cut to the back. And I'm telling you, Kurt, you and Steve's reactions here are freaking priceless. I love it. Well, we were vying for Vince's attention, I think, a couple of weeks before when we had a hug off with Vince. Look. And now, now Regal's in the mix, and we're pissed. We're both pissed off. We both want Vince's attention. We don't want William Regal to have it. Oh, my goodness. This Vince. was all just child games. That's yeah. all this was. It's like we were 10 years old all over again. <laughs> but it's the way that you guys go over the top with it that just makes it what it is. Just the, just the reaction, the faces, the, the Boy Scout. I mean, every little detail. There was no detail left out of this to make this hilarious. Well, I think this was all really well planned out and really well put together. I think especially this episode, that's why it's one of my favorite episodes of all time. So here we are. We're back to the live crowd after the segment, and we're going to have a big show and Billy Gunn match. They're going to take on the Hardys. Show and uh, Billy Gunn are going to get the win in this one. While this goes on, Kurt, let me let me ask you this. You've been in the ring with all four of these guys. Who did you have the most fun with? Well, you know, for me, fun is the challenge. Um, you know, with uh, Big Show, he was my biggest challenge because he was a giant. And I had to chop him down like a tree to get him to sell. Billy Gunn was one of the greatest athletes I ever got in the ring with. Him or Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, um, the Hardy boys, extreme wrestlers, high flyers had great singles and tag team careers. I had fun with all of them, 
but my biggest challenge was big show. I had the most fun with big show. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like, I mean, he would have to be using a lot of his momentum anytime you would do a move just to kind of assist you in being able to handle him in the ring. I mean, you know what? Especially boy. when he weighed over 500 pounds. Shh. Yeah. He had to assist me quite a bit and he did. That's the thing. He was light on his feet. He wasn't heavy. So I could belly to belly him. I could German him. I could angle slam him a 500 pounder. That's almost impossible. He had to jump up for me as high as he could. He did an incredible job of that. As you've probably gathered from listening to the show, Kurt and I are all about saving money. Uh, I do it for a living and Kurt was raised that way, but now we've got a pro tip for you at home. But first I got a question for you. How many subscription services are you paying for each month? Do you really know subscriptions add up and sometimes you don't notice the monthly deductions from your bank accounts. Did you sign up for a bunch of subscription services in quarantine? I know I did, but now that things are getting more back to normal, I'm not using like half of them. In fact, 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. And I bet you're one of them. No, I sure was, but this is a way to take control of your finances and save money. This is a way to track all of your bill payments and budgets. You're not still using clunky Excel spreadsheets, are you? Please tell me your office isn't just a bunch of scattered post-it notes. Truebill to the rescue. You see, Truebill is the smartest way to manage your finances. They've got an incredibly easy to use app. You can even review your recurring charges all in one place. How about this? You can even cancel the subscriptions directly through the app. Truebill just has a ton of tools to help customers improve their finances. You can even create a monthly budget. You can track your expenses. You can evaluate your savings goals. You can even automate savings. Process what we're saying there. You choose how much money to put away each week and boom, it's handled for you. They'll even get you a push notification when you're getting close to going over your budget or when your cash is running low. It's all about goal setting and hitting those goals. Oh, here's another cool thing that Truebill can do for you. They'll help you easily identify fraudulent activity. And who amongst us hasn't had that happen at least once? Truebill really does offer multiple ways to save on your bills. Work with many of the nation's top providers to negotiate and lower your bills. They've got bank level security. They're going to make you feel good about your finances. And people often think that they're spending like 80 bucks a month on subscriptions. But in reality, they spend closer to $200 a month. What's the result? Truebill has saved their customers more than 50 million bucks. Why aren't you using Truebill? Check out all their users. Check out all their reviews. They've got rave reviews over at Truebill.com and more than 1 million folks are saving money with Truebill. Now you can too. By the way, the average person saves $720 a year with Truebill. Get started today at Truebill.com slash angle. Take control of your finances and start saving at Truebill.com slash angle. That's Truebill.com slash angle. And we thank Truebill for sponsoring today's podcast. I think that's probably just just a little bit where the difference between him and Andre would be, if you think about it. Andre, yeah, a couple people got some slams on him, but I think Big Show had a little bit more in the athleticism department. As he was a little, yes. Yeah. Yes, he was a little more athletic. Yes. So here he comes. He's making his way down to the uh, crowd. He's a big boy here. He's definitely over 500 pounds at this point in his career. Uh, 
And for those watching at home, just a quick time check here. I'm at 49, 18, 19, 20. As Big Show makes his way to the ring. And there he is in the ring, ready to referee this one. I know we've mentioned a few referees today, but Mike Kyoto is going to be in there for this for this matchup. I had a lot of fun with Mike Kyoto too. He was a great referee. I think, is he with AEW now? So he's made a few appearances for AEW, but he's not officially with them. He is a part of our ad-free shows family. little quick plug there. He does a, uh, a mailbag every other Monday where he answers all of our uh, ad-free shows members' questions, a Q&A. So uh, if you're ever interested in picking the mind of the referee that's been doing it for over 30-some years, I mean, Kurt, he started back in the Hogan era in the late 80s. He was brought in with Joey Morella and Gorilla Monsoon and uh, been doing it for quite a long time. He's definitely an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. I love it. They call him Coyote. But here we are. Coyote, Coyote. There you go. And lead on the outside here with the Hardys at this point. But the Hardys, man, they got to be one of the best tag teams of all time. Just when they were on and when they were on their hot streak, nobody did it better than them. You think about the TLC matches. Jeff would and Matt both would go on to have really good singles career. Jeff probably known a little bit more as far as the titles that he would win in the WWE. But uh, again, just unparalleled athleticism at this point. Yeah. Now, what those guys had back then was so special, especially with Edge and Christian and the Dudley boys, the, the three tag team groups. Uh, they have phenomenal outings. They were, they were amazing. And they, the TLC matches are long remembered. They will be remembered forever. It's hard look to how, look how good Billy Gunn is. At. Look at the way he bumps and moves. This guy is a 265 pound monster. He moves like he's 140 pounds. Never seen anyone like this. He's always in the right position at the right time. If he bumps, he comes up and he feeds where you need him to be. He's always where he's supposed to be every moment of the match. He is one of the best in ring workers. Bumping feeders is what I'm talking about. He can bump and feed better than anybody else. Kurt, are you able to see where you're at time-wise on this one at all? Does that come right up? Right now, Billy Gunn just did, did a nosedive on the mat, and Jeff Hardy just pinned him. Okay. So you're a little – I had a little uh, slowdown here internet-wise, but all good. We'll get caught up here. Big show's in the ring right now. Okay. Just threw Jeff into the corner. I mean, big show, unbelievable. Just throwing Matt Hardy around like a rag doll. I think I might be a little ahead of you, huh? Yeah, just a few, a little bit. Again, this is the 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 wonder wonderful time of recording mobily everywhere we go and and needing internet stuff. It's 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 fantastic. Do you see a timestamp at the bottom as we work through this? I'll make sure I get caught up with you. If not, no worries. 5111. 5111? Yeah, no, 5115. All right, very good. Here's a big show reverse power bomb. Are you there? Yeah, I'm good.
All right. You mentioned Billy Gunn. That was really when you, you were talking about him and you said, aside from the rock, probably one of the most athletic guys that you were in the ring with. That's uh, that's saying something, man, because that's high praise to come from Kurt Angle about another wrestler. And, and what's amazing is these guys, both of them, the rock and, and Billy Gunn were six, five and six, six. That's right. To be that tall and be that athletic is just amazing. I mean, you usually the the shorter, stockier guys were the more athletic guys, but these guys were amazing. And and that's another one. I mean, outside of Degeneration X, when he was uh, you know part of the group, Billy, you know, he had some some intercontinental tag team runs, but never you know continued to to get to that next level. But again, he's a guy that still from time to time, Kurt jumps in the ring in AEW and still wrestles. And looks you know, just like he did years ago. Yeah, I thought when Billy Gunn won King of the Ring, I thought that was his big push. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was going to end up being the world champion that year. And unfortunately, it just never happened. I believe he deserved to have it, but it just never happened. I don't know why. Oh, big show. That was a big bump. 500-pounder jumping off the top of the road with an elbow. Yeah. Have you seen the spot yet where Lita does the uh, the move off the top rope? No, no. Is that later on in the okay. match? I'll just hit pause and I'll wait until you tell me you get there. That way we'll make sure we're all synced up. Okay. But yeah, Lita's going to come in at some point here soon. Get off, jump off the top ropes, and do a maneuver. She would always, uh, you know, through this time period, find her way to get involved in the match. And she was another one that could go. My goodness, even with the guys still. Spectacular performer. Uh, she was an innovator. Yeah. You know, she, she was the one that um, started the, you know, female uh, generation of wrestlers that would go against males. Like this yeah. was her thing. You know, she would do the heart Karana from the top rope on male talent and she was successful at it. And she was part of the Hardy's tag team group. That's right. She's the reason they won the title. Team extreme. So, yes. Yes. That, that's what it was all about. They were a whole team. All three of them. Oh, I, 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 I did see Lita already. All right, very good. No, that's good. I'll, I'm good now. Big shows, uh, in the corner with uh, Matt Hardy. And Jeff Hardy's going to jump right yep. here. They're both trying to take on uh, on Big Show. He's walking tall in the middle of the ring. Or right around the same time. That's fine. Wow. Oh. They're going to have Big Show do the job, huh? That's interesting. Yes, they always protected Big Show. Oh, then Billy Gunn gets in the mix. Billy Gunn's in, knocks out Jeff Hardy. I don't know the Big Show's going to take Oh, they, here. he goes. They, one, two, yes, and three. Uh, That's swerved. where I'm at. And he get the win. Yeah, they swerved me. There you go. I'm going to lose. Well, isn't that crazy? Big show. They obviously are heels because he had to get help from Billy Gunn to beat the Hardy there Boys. There you go. That's usually a big show. Big show can beat him up, both of them up at once. Well, Kurt, we made it. We made it through that match and we're all synced up again. So that's wonderful. That's, right. that's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff there. We got a, a big show and, uh, 
and badass Billy Gunn victory over the Hardys. And again, they're giving us the replay here of how it all went down. The big move by Billy Gunn. Yoda's trying to clear the ring, and here we are back with Vince McMahon. Let's see if we can get some of this. Tonight, I'm going to go celebrate. I'm going to go celebrate the fact that I'm Vince McMahon. That's what I'm going to do. As a matter of fact, if it's all right with you guys, I'm going to take the rest of the night off. You do that, partner. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I think what I'm also going to do, no offense to Deborah, I think I'm going to go to the nearest nudie bar and, and have a drink. <laughs> Come on, so Jerry, you're coming with me. Come on, what? go. Come on, Jerry. Guarantee right. to have some fun. <laughs> or <to> Jerry. <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking? What are you doing hugging Vince McMahon? I was just trying to console the poor fellow. Hey, don't you ever, and Stone Cold means ever, hug Vince McMahon again. You understand me? I think so, yes. You make me sick. Yeah, sick. <laughs> you make me sick. He makes me sick. Both of you guys make me sick. Why do I make you sick? You do. Well, you make me sick. You make me sicker. Not as sick as he makes me. He makes me real sick. He makes me disgustingly sick. You make me want to throw up. Oh, oh. Top that. <laughs> oh, Kurt. That was, that was all ad lib. I was, I was going to ask, was that all ad lib? You're crying. You're laughing so hard. I love it. That was not planned at all. <laughs> It's great when you make when you make things like that. It just you know you guys it, are it just rolling. It's like so hard. you're just rolling, man. You guys going back and forth like that. Like you make me sick. You make me disgustingly sick. Well, if you spend a whole night with Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're gonna get comfortable around him. You're gonna start saying shit that you don't normally say. <laughs> what? Uh, how? You said that this it could take sometimes hours. Do you remember this specific day? How long it took for all these segments? Well, at first we were laughing so hard at the beginning that uh, Vince, you know, that's when Vince laid, laid the hammer down and said, listen, no more laughing. This is bullshit. We're not going to be doing this all night. We need to get this out of the way before the show starts. And so um, I would say it took us a good two hours before we started getting serious. And then we had another three hours, probably a pre-game. So it took us about a total of five. Now, it wasn't all night, but it was it was a good bit of time. I was gonna say it's a good bit of time, but it's definitely not five a.m. in the morning stuff. So that's good. No, no, we we were done by the show's ending. Okay, you know, at eleven o'clock, we we're done. Yes, good stuff. Well, here comes uh, Albert Matt Bloom, as we now know him. He's the Intercontinental Champion at this point, and he's taking on Edge, who just recently, again, as we said a little bit earlier, won the King of the Ring. Albert's going to win this one after hitting a low blow and hitting the Baldo bomb, as he called it. During your most recent time in the WWE, Kurt, I got to ask, did you spend any time at NXT to see what Bloom was doing down there? Yes, Matt Bloom is an incredible uh, coach. He has done an amazing job with the talent down at NXT. What stood out to me when Matt Bloom first started, uh, and, you know, when he was Baldo or, you know, he, he actually was Matt Bloom when he started because it was at the Dory Funk Dojo. That's where him and I trained at the beginning. He was amazing. The guy for a big guy, he sold everything, his mouth, his back. He was, he was very particular about what he did. And that showed me that he would become a great coach. And I think that he's going to become a better coach than he was a wrestler mm. because of the way he went about things. He learned the business top to bottom. 
And he he's very successful at being the coach of NXT. He's done an amazing job so far, and he will continue to do that. You know, this show really grows through word of mouth. Uh, we don't do any real advertising for our podcast. People just talk about it, and then ta-da, people start to subscribe. Word of mouth is the way to go. And we want to thank James up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, for suggesting and referring and spreading the word of mouth of savewithconrad.com. We hooked him up. He left us a five-star review and he had this to say, this process was as easy as it could have been. Jimmy and the team were on top of things from the very beginning. The communication was great. And I'll be recommending you all to anyone who asks great job. Thank you, James. We take pride in helping people save money and making it fast and easy. I get it. You're listening to a wrestling podcast and you want to hear wrestling stories. You don't really want to hear mortgage talk. I feel strongly that saving money is important. You know, if it's not something we worry about now, boy, we are really going to worry about it later. And I want to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, now is the time to take years off of your loan. We're routinely helping our listeners cut five, 10, even 15 years off their loan. And you can do this without perfect credit with no money out of pocket. You've just got to start at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you're in a 30-year loan, please let me run the numbers. You'll be glad you did. Let's save with Conrad.com. I mean, he's been down there for a couple years now, certainly making an impact. They obviously leadership must believe in what he's doing down there. No one is going to stay in a spot like that for too long. So it's really cool. You know, for me as a fan, it's the guys that you wouldn't expect that end up in some of these key roles. We mentioned, you know, whether it's Billy Kidman, Matt Bloom, Shane Helms, not necessarily world champions at their craft as far as the WWF big one, but man, solid performers that became great coaches. Well, you know, there's that rumor that, you know, the most talented guys don't really have the mind to teach. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of rumors going around about that. And, you know, would I be a good coach? I think I'd be a good coach. I don't think I'd be as good as Matt Bloom or as good of a producer as Billy Kidman. So these guys are so passionate about the business. I think they're still hungry because they didn't get the success that I got. And I think that that what makes them continue in the business and want to excel in another job, a different category of the business. And I think that's the reason why they're so successful because they continue to stay hungry. That's a great point. I haven't thought of, I didn't think about that one, but you're right. Right. So they didn't experience maybe that euphoria that many of you guys have, and they feel like they still have a lot to give the business and are doing it in different ways. Yes, sir. You're absolutely right. Wow. That's good stuff. Kurt, how about you? Have you ever been approached or wanted to be a pro wrestling coach? Well, uh, triple H, uh, he contacted me about seven months ago and wanted me to uh, help out down at NXT, uh, be a, be a trainer. And he also, he only said, Hey, all I need you to do is go over stuff with, with the talent. You can do it from home on a computer. You can uh, do a zoom call and just, you know, go through the tapes with them of their matches and tell them what they did right and wrong. And uh, I said, I'd be interested. And I never heard back from them. So uh, long story short, they were interested, but they, you know, at the last second, they must have backed out, which is okay with me. Yeah. And that sometimes it's not right now, but doesn't mean, you know, that's the case for a long time, you know, down the road, there still could be opportunity. Yeah. 
many moving pieces in the last year with pro wrestling. When you think about everything that they've had to transition through with the pandemic and changes and staffing and WWE certainly had quite a bit of uh, turnover in the last several months. So I'm sure when the timing is right, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Yeah, they have, they've had to do a lot of adjustments. Yeah, right. absolutely. So we have edge here. He's uh, taking it to, to, to Albert at this point, man. And, Edge, what a fantastic performer, too. I just want to touch on him here for a minute. Uh, he's back in the business doing what he loves. Uh, we're going to see him at, at Money in the Bank several weeks from now. It's already been talked about that he's going to you know, take on Roman Reigns. Just can't be more happy for this guy. You mentioned at one point he was one of your best friends traveling around with. You got to be ecstatic for where he's at now. Yes. And you know what? I was always backing him up. I always wanted him to succeed. Him and Christian, we were best friends, and uh, th those two were the real best friends. But I, I got into the mix eventually. But th both of those guys had a lot of success in their careers, and I always rooted for them. I always wanted them to be at the level I was. Uh, it took them a while. They weren't th quite there. Uh, Vince had different plans for me when I started. He excelled me to the top right away within my first year. But it took Edge a good you know, three or four years to get up there. So um, I was always cheering him on, and I always wanted him to be at the level I was, and eventually he got there. Well, we would have uh, Albert getting the big victory there, which is a pretty big victory beating a king of the ring. A guy who just won king of the ring, you get the clean pin here. And we're back to the backstage area. There's some kind of a town hall going in here. It looks like APA is, is leading the way. And uh, you and Austin are going in to rally the troops, and uh, you're going to cut the head off of the snake of WCW Booker T. Let's play a little bit of this audio if we can. With Tess ass, and it was for a good cause. Because you thought he was betraying World Wrestling Federation loyalty. That's what you thought. Right. He was wronging you, whipped his ass, and that's just too bad. But he's gonna get over it. It's gonna make him stronger. But what's happening here, guys, is right now we gotta stick together. We got the WCW invading the World Wrestling Federation right now. It's like a big bacteria, a big viral, a big... A big infection is coming to the World Wrestling Federation. And right now, if we don't band together, we ain't going to be able to stop it. And yeah, I'm telling you, I got it. Booker T is here tonight. And Booker T is the head of the snake. WCW is a snake. Bradshaw, if you want to kill a snake, how you kill a snake? You cut his head off. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you cut off his damn head. That's what you do. So that's what we got to do tonight, guys. Stick together, and we're going to go make an example yeah. of Booker yeah. T. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Right. Are you with me? Yes, we are. Yeah. 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 Don't cause what? What? Yeah. Our WWF champion, he's always right. And he could do this by himself if he wanted to. But no, because he's our WWF champion. He could do this. But no, no. He wants you guys with him. And I'll tell you what. He could kick Booker T's butt all over the place. <laughs> Just like he could kick every single one of your butts if he wanted to. Because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I say you listen to what he says. Because Stone Cold said so. And I say we all stick together as a team. And we start with Booker T tonight. What do you say, guys? Let's do it. Yeah, come on. Woo! Come on. You know, sticking together is uh, pretty important. Why don't we uh, get the hell out of her, stick together, and have us a beer? Oh, yeah. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, let me get this beer. Go, go get him, tough guy. Yeah. yeah. Some nice hatchet out there, too. <laughs> Cut off the snake's head.
What? Oh, my goodness. Classic stuff. The cowboy hat ends up on the ground. This is all fun. It's entertaining. But did you have any issues with the creative in these promos making you look um, kind of dorkish, Kurt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it had more depth to my character. I think that uh, it let me expand a little further. Um, you know, the thing is that with that pre-tape, I was supposed to mess everything up for Stone Cold. So he was supposed to rally the troops, get them all behind him. And then I mess it up by saying, Steve Oscar, do this by himself. He just feels sorry for you guys. He just wants you to be with him so you could, you know, uh, you know, be successful like Steve. And it was just one of those things where uh, Vin just wanted me to undermine Steve without like intending on doing it. Like, being an idiot and not realizing what I did. So it was a pretty cool segment. I thought it was funny. Like, and some people would think, Hey, Kurt's an Olympic gold medalist. He just came off one of the most badass matches of all time with Shane McMahon. Now he's wearing a kid's cowboy hat and, uh, and, and being a dork, being a first class boy scout dork. But Hey, as long as you're cool with it and you're right though, it's almost like just within weeks of each other, your character is quickly evolving and morphing into something different. So I, I get that. Well, you know, being an Olympic gold medalist, I think the fans have always portrayed me as a badass in the ring. So they always took me seriously in the ring. So I didn't have to be that badass character outside the ring. I could, you know, take chances and do things that other talent wouldn't be able to do. And I, I was very blessed with that. So I think that it added a lot of depth to my character and it made me even better. Yeah, I, I as a fan, I completely agree. We get to see the the comedic side of you right and and sometimes when you get to see all the different shades or the different versions of what someone can bring to the table like you said it brings depth it brings you know more believability and just seeing that side of someone uh, just makes you feel more real it personalizes you a little bit so i thought it was i thought it was entertaining as hell and definitely enjoyed it Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem man. Good stuff. So now uh we got Scotty Too Hotty and uh, he's taking on Dean Malenko here. And uh, Dean has Terry. He has Saturn with him and Moppy. Oh, yeah. Moppy's still in play here at this point. And these are two of the uh, two of the best workers, man. Great workers in the wing. You think about Dean Malenko. They used to say the man of a thousand holds. Did you ever get a chance to uh, get in the ring at all with Dean? No. Unfortunately, when he came in, uh, you know, from WCW to WWE or WWF at the time, um, we never hooked up. I, I always had programs. I had programs with Jericho and Benoit. And uh, the, I thought the next one would be Dean Malenko. And it just never occurred, unfortunately. And it's sad because I think him and I would have had an incredible match. I think we would have great chemistry. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned earlier Arn Anderson. You think about how that could have been like. You mentioned Dean Malenko. Listen, some of your greatest matches were you, Jericho, you, Shawn Michaels. I mean, we go on. But there are a couple guys that I think are still that we, we could still as fans think about and say, man, that would have been really cool if we're playing a video game. Let me be Dean Malenko and let you be Kurt Angle and let's see what we can do here. But uh, a, a great technician, quiet guy, definitely not the most enthusiastic or, you know, ton of charisma, like some would say, but right, he knew, right, how to get it done. Yeah. knew how to get it done in the ring. The Iceman, Dean Malenko. 
yeah, he was an incredible technician. And, you know, that, that was his nickname, the man of a thousand moves and rightfully so he had a thousand moves. He did. That's what made him so effective. And I, I believe he's a second or third generation wrestler, right? That's right. That's correct. So he has a, he grew up in the business. He has incredible knowledge of the business. So I think they, uh, not only is he a great wrestler, he would have been, you know, he ends up being a great agent. So let's talk about that. Uh, was he ever your agent in the WWE? And what did you think about his knowledge of the business? Well, uh, he was never my agent, unfortunately. I would love to have had Dean Malenko as my agent, but it just never happened. Uh, but, you know, like I said before, you know, he's second or third generation wrestler. Uh, he grew up doing this. This is all he knows. This is what he's all about. So uh, as far as being a coach and a teacher, he'd be one of the best because he was taught by the best, you know, his father. So that's, that's uh, saying a lot. And not to take away anything from Scotty too hottie, because he's also done a lot of work down at NXT for the WWE as well. Yes. He's down there quite a bit too. Uh, you know, he lives in Orlando and he's, he's been with NXT for a few years. Uh, he's a great coach as well. And uh, you know what he did, he, he's a great, te- he's a, actually a great technician too he freed himself up to, to be more compatible with his character scotty too hot yes so he kind of threw some of his technique out the window mm-hmm. but he teaches that technique in nxt the stuff that he didn't do because of his character his character held him back a little bit with the technique part that's a good point. but you know his character became mainstream he was scotty too hotty part of too cool and that's that was big time those guys were mainstream wrestlers back then so uh, I understand why he did what he did. Sometimes you have to give up a little bit to, to, to take a advantage of something else. And that's what he did. But he's teaching these NXT guys incredible technique and uh, also teaching them about character development. Adfreeshows.com has more to offer than I can handle. I'm debating quitting my job to listen full time. Rebel every other Sunday? Yes, please. Yeah, these are real statements from brand new members at adfreeshows.com. They made the jump and now it's your turn. From Q&As with today's top stars to brand new bonus content and video conferencing with wrestling legends, adfreeshows.com is the missing piece to your wrestling fandom. It's access you gain to Hall of Fame talent that you won't find anywhere else, all while enjoying your favorite wrestling podcasts early and ad-free. Join today and begin a journey like none other. Don't miss out. Sign up today and find out what all the buzz is about over at adfreeshows.com. Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle Show. Did you know that there's an official store for the podcast? It's called boxagimmicks.com. It's where you can find shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more, all related to the Kurt Angle Show. It is one of the best ways to support the podcast. So check out boxagimmicks.com. And thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle Show. Man, it's so cool. You think about it as we watch the show together, Kurt, and we're talking about all these guys throughout, whether some that are agents now, some that are coaches, some involved in NXT, the amount of talent that's on this card uh, whether they're still getting it done in the ring with Edge and Christian or taking care and teaching those that are the future of the business. It's really cool to see here. It's incredible. I mean, this business is crazy. You know, yeah. it, to have guys still in it that have been in it for 30, 40 years uh, and continue to be in it. 
uh, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm speechless because I, you know, I, why would you want to be in this business your whole entire life? It's addicting. That's why you get addicted to it when you're in it, you, you fall in love with it and you can't get away from it. And you'll, you never do. You never get away. You always, it'll always be a part of you. Doesn't matter. So Saturn would attempt to hit the worm here on Malenko. Scotty's able to take advantage, get the win with the worm. You mentioned the worm. Uh, you never lost to the worm, did you, Kurt? No, I didn't. But for Scotty Tuhati, I would. There you if go. He wanted me to. I, yeah. All right. And then we're we're back here to DDP. He's in the back. He's cutting a promo about the Undertaker and his upcoming match against Booker T coming up. Kurt, I gotta ask as I look at DDP here. Have you ever done DDP yoga? Yes, I did for a year, and I loved it. And I got away from it. I need to get back to it. I actually called DDP uh, two weeks ago uh, to hook him up with Rulon Gardner, the Olympic champion wrestler that gained a lot of weight. He's up over 550 pounds now. He was on The Biggest Loser a few years ago and got his weight down. It, it spiraled out of control again, and he needed help. So I, I hooked him up with DDP to do the yoga to help him to lose weight. So they're working together right now, and I'm going to contact DDP again to get hooked up with the yoga. I have his videotapes, his CDs, uh, DVDs, I should say. Yeah. So I, I could do it, but I want to know if he has anything else new. So I'm going to contact. I'm going to hit him up soon. Now, listen, Kurt, you talked about this guy over 500 pounds. You, yourself, you're probably in, in the greatest shape that you've been in in a long time. I've, uh, yes, I see pictures on social media. You're ripped up. What's the secret diet wise for you? Don't you ever get tempted? I'm a guy that gets tempted, man. And I don't know. I don't know how to stay away. Is it a structure thing? You're just in your daily routine. You have your structure. You know what you're eating when you're eating it. What's the, what's been the magic, the secret for you? It, it's diet. It's all diet. That's, you know, you can work out all you want, but when it comes down to it, it's the diet, um, you know, high protein, low carb, low fat, Chicken you snacks. have to be consistent. Yeah. You know, <laughs> chicken snacks works. That's part of my diet. But, you know, it, the thing is, you can have a, a cheat meal, not a cheat day. A cheat day could ruin the whole diet. So, uh, in other words, if you if you eat all day, whatever you want, you end up eating 20,000 calories, which is, you know, almost impossible, but it is possible. Uh, you're going to ruin your diet for the whole week. So, you have to limit, you know, have one cheat meal uh, per week. And it should be on a certain day every week. And that, that's what I do. So I'll have a 3000 calorie meal that day. And then, uh, you know, and then stick to my diet the rest of the days. Wow. Are you a six but small meals a day guy? I go crazy. I do five. Five. Yeah. Okay. And, and you probably don't have that, out, that one right before bed. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I actually wake up in the middle of the night and I have two protein bars. The, wow. That's my, that's my treat for the day. Uh, I'm a night eater, so I have to eat at night. <laughs> so I say, I don't eat breakfast. I start at two o'clock in the afternoon. I have a meal, then five, then eight, then 11, and then two in the morning. Good stuff, man. I, so I don't, I don't eat for 12 hours from two in the morning to two in the afternoon. So that's like an intermittent that, that, fa fasting deal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. Hey, I figure we might as well get tips since we're here talking about it. They're doing uh they're doing a little bit of an overview of the whole uh tough enough deal uh that was going on at the time. And uh were you were you watching this show at all? This whole tough enough 
This is Taz. They're going Taz. He's doing some coaching. The guys are running in the mud. Did you get a chance to check this out on the road or not really? Not as much. We would watch clips of it when we were on the road, you know, Raw or SmackDown. They would show updates of it. Other than that, we didn't get to see much of it. We, okay. we were on the road so much, you know, five, six days a week doing our shows. We didn't really have time to to follow up on it and, uh, you know, to follow it entirely. So we were just uh, updated every, every SmackDown and Raw, what was going on. Yeah, they're doing a lot of promotion here. Even at the, as this show goes off the air, they're going to, again, say, hey, after in the closing credits, check us out on Tough Enough next on MTV. So this was a, a big deal, A lot of trying to get a lot of eyes on MTV, which was a big cable station. But now we're back. We're back with you guys. Let's, let's go ahead and play this. Dare step foot in a World Wrestling Federation arena. I don't believe it. What are you going to do about Booker T? You trying to say to me, woman? You're the tough guy. Yeah, yeah you're damn right I'm a tough guy. Booker T got no business being here, Deborah. Look in my eyes. My name is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I am the World Wrestling Federation champion. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's a breath mint. <laughs> I'll tell you how I like it. I'm going to go down and I'm going to whoop Booker T's ass. I'll turn that stuff upside down and I'll scrub the floor with him. I'll go down there and I'll toss him. I'll he would kill Booker T. He I'll would annihilate him. I'll stomp a muddle in his ass and walk him dry. Stomp him. Hit him with a stone cold stone. Everything. Bam! Top pound knots on top of his head. Beat him up. What could you do to him, tough guy? What could I do with him? Yeah. Huh. I would bounce him around like a pogo stick. I would manhandle him. Now you're talking. I would hit him with my Olympic slam. Whammo! Tell me about it! I'd put him in my ankle lock. I'd make him tap. Tell me some more. And then I'd crank that ankle and I'd break it ah! too. Yeah. You'd break it? I would break it. You'd do that? Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Huh? Go get him, Kurt. Oh. Go get that t- <laughs> <laughs> right. You're the tough guy. Go get him. All right. Hold on to my hat. All right, man. Be careful. Go get him, cowboy. And the zoom in on the hat, man. Priceless. <laughs> My favorite line of the whole bit. I'll hit him with the angle slam. Whammo. Whammo. The next Kurt Angle t-shirt. There you go. <laughs> so good. That was great. Steve cocked himself up to go beat up Booker T and then he decided to chicken out and talk me into it. It's all you, man. All I you, went buddy. for it. I went for the bird. I'm a moron. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell him to hold on to my hat because I love the hat so much. That's right. How would you love this piece of shit? <laughs> and the camera just zooms what? in on the hat, what? man. It was priceless. <laughs> Whole thing done so well. Oh, man. And then here we are. It's the main event, Kurt. It's the last WCW match in the WWF because the very next draw, as we talked about, ECW joins WCW and it becomes the Alliance, right? The Alliance, the Invasion. Yep, that's right. So we're done here. DDP makes his way out uh, to the ring. And we're finally going to get this final championship match here. WCW, Booker T is going to make his way out with the what we call the big gold belt that they used back then. That was a pretty cool belt. Yeah. I love that. I I like, listen, the original, the original, uh, obviously I'm sure you're aware Conrad owns it's there at the, uh, Connor Addison. Yeah. He told me, yeah, definitely told me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he definitely he's got, told he's me. got every title. He's he got does. every title. Yes. When it's all said that, and done, he'll have all of them. That's quite an awesome, incredible office setup. It I, is. I mean, he got he got like a thousand titles up on his wall. Have you have you uh, made a trip yet to the uh, Connor Addison yet? Have you had that opportunity? Oh, but I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I heard you. a lot of stories. And now I'm sure he's got, uh, he's most owner, partly owner, should I say three-fourths owner of the old uh, iconic Ric Flair robe, that black butterfly robe oh, that uh, WWE was looking for. And Conrad was able to get involved in the deal and get that. So he's got quite the, uh, the collection that you'll have to check out when you go. He's got to be worth a lot of money with all these gimmicks <laughs> all the gimmicks baby so here we go booker t's in there was kind of a little bit of a weird edit here where uh ddp misses a clothesline then all of a sudden he's bouncing off the ropes booker t hits him with an elbow did you have a different mindset working smackdown versus raw knowing smackdown was taped well that that was the issue you, you know if you know it's taped you know it's a safety net i had to embed in my brain that um, it was live. Everything was live because I didn't want to mess up because when you mess up, you do it, you know, you can do it over again, but it looks like crap in front of the real life crowd. So I tried to tell myself, no mistakes. This is live. You got to do it. And I, I tried to force myself to, to understand that I couldn't mess up. And, um, you know, the, these things happened. The thing is Vince only, you know, had a tape because he wasn't able to film it on Friday night. So he would do it Tuesday. But if he had the choice, he would definitely do it live. And then that's ultimately what he's moved to now is that live model with both Monday and Friday night. It's more effective and it's less time, less time consuming, because when you have a tape show, you could do pre-tapes all day, all night. Uh, you could, you know, there was one match where I had a, we messed up on a finish we had to wait for the crowd to leave. And then we had to put the security guards in a corner and have one camera film me do the finish at one o'clock in the morning. It was in Boston and they wanted the, the security guards to look like the fans. Oh so they only goodness. had one camera because the whole stadium was, was gone. The whole arena was gone. So uh, this is what can happen when you tape SmackDown, you can end up going all night. Wow. Yeah. One in the morning, finishing off something that's supposed to come off. Like it just happened live. Unbelievable. Yes. The power of editing, but you know what? The other problem too, as a fan, Kurt, it, everybody knew it was on Tuesdays and half the internet knew it was going to happen by the time Friday came around because of spoilers. So, or they watched, yeah, you know what I mean? Spoilers. That does suck. Yes. So it was kind of like it took the mystique off or that feeling of anything can happen live when you know that you kind of already know what, what, what went down. But this one's a fun one. They're already battling off into the crowd. Uh, you don't see a lot of that happen now. They obviously recently. Well, the, the reason why is because, you know, this match wasn't a no DQ match. This match was supposed to be a regular match. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the ref 10 counts, they were out outside the ring past 10 seconds. Yeah. We're just going to so blame that on. I'm WCW. sure Vince was, Vince was really pissed off about that. We'll blame it on he WCW officiating. <laughs> I think the WCW guys just do what they want to do. I think that's what happened down there. I mean, in TNA, we did it too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, but in WWE, this stuff doesn't fly. Wow. 
And then uh, I was going to ask here, as I watched DDP flying with that clothesline, did you ever get a chance, speaking of guys you didn't, you know, did or did you not wrestle? Did you ever get a chance to wrestle DDP? No, unfortunately, he didn't last long in the WWE. I mean, he, he you know, after that program with Undertaker, he kind of just kind of disappeared after a few, you know, a few months. So um, there, I, I don't know what happened, what occurred. I know that uh, Vince wasn't real happy with the program with Undertaker and Sarah. Yeah. And um, so uh, I'm not sure, but DDP, he had a great career in WCW and I thought he would have even better career in WWE. He had a lot of charisma, man. And the fact of what he was able to accomplish, uh, you know, starting wrestling at such a later age, right? He was in his mid to late thirties when he finally became a full-time wrestler. It's incredible. Yeah, I heard heard the story, and it is pretty amazing. I, I know he was a manager for a yeah, while, right. And then he uh, played into wrestling. Yeah, he was a manager for a long time. And one of the early WrestleManias, he was driving uh, one of the pink Cadillacs there. I think for for Honky Tonk Man coming down to the ring, um, and he did a lot a lot of different fun spots. He was in AWA as a manager, uh, but yeah, finally got scratched the wrestling itch. I think Dusty Rhodes was very. Uh, impactful for him and really helped him in terms of deciding to finally take the leap. And he had a great career with the diamond cutter and his whole deal on WCW wanted to transition. His goal was to really work with the rock and more of a, who's the real people's champ type thing, but it never really panned out for him here. Uh, So he, he wasn't here that long to your point. I have to tell you, he's had a lot of success in professional wrestling, especially when you look at his athleticism, he's not that athletic. But he can work and, uh, you know, he's a hustler and he never gives up. He has a no die mentality. And that's what makes him uh, special is he has a lot of heart. That's why he's able to have success in WCW. He, uh, you know, he did it right. And uh, he didn't have a lot of athleticism to him. So this is the best he could give. And, uh, you know, he's been able to have a lot of success in, in WCW, especially. Speaking of athleticism, Booker T, he puts the A in athleticism. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he, you know, you know what he did in high school, right? No, tell me. He was a drum, drum major. You know, the guy that runs with the stick and leads the band? Okay, yeah. That was Booker. You know how good of an athlete you have to be to do that stuff? That's what he did. I mean, he, he started out as an athlete uh, by being a drum major. Did you ever uh did you ever get to do a spin a rooney? Did you ever attempt to spin a rooney, Kurt? I did. I did on TV and I looked like I was having a seizure. I, I couldn't get the spin, so I ran in a circle. It was horrible. I tried it. At least I tried. I had the balls to try it on TV, but it didn't work out very well. There's always that one skit that uh, they show when they were trying to get Undertaker to do the spin a rooney and like Vince was king. He wouldn't do it, right? No, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I had to he ask do it now. Undertaker would do it now. He's, he's lightened up a quite a bit. So yeah, back then he was a little, you know, intense, tighter, tighter about it. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, it's not, you know, to try a move like that in front of, uh, you know, 12, 15,000 fans and, you know, you have a certain mystique. You don't about nail you. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the undertaker, right? It's going to be dad ugly. If you know what I mean? Something, you know, something my dad would try to get out and do. Speaking of the undertaker, he makes his way out, distracts DDP Booker T with the roll up win on the distraction gets the pin on diamond Dallas page. And, uh, here we go. We're off to the races. 
Undertaker is chasing DDP down now through the back of the arena. And uh, I have a feeling we're not done here in the ring as here he comes, the Boy Scout. It's Kurt Angle. There to beat up Booker T, kick his butt. Going for the angle slam. Booker kicks out of it, strikes to the face. Here it is, the big axe kick on the back of the head. Well, I wasn't successful that night. <laughs> but look, he's got the big gold, and he looks like he's going to use it. Oh, that looked like a stiff <laughs> shot there. Did it Did it hit you everything good through all this? Did Was, was everything smooth? Well, all right, listen, this is the way it is. In, in professional wrestling, you have to bring the title to make it look real. It's up to the guy that's getting hit with the belt to protect himself. If you don't want to put your hands up, you're going to get clobbered in the head. I put my hands up to protect myself, so I never get hit with it. Good. The only time I ever got hit with anything is when Brock Lesnar hit me in the head with a chair, and that taught me a lesson. I ended up having to get neck surgery because oh. of that. So now I always put my hands up. It's a natural rea reaction. If yeah. someone's going to hit you with something, the first thing you do is put your hands up. Yeah. So so a lot, some wrestlers think if you do that, it's going to look fake. No, because, uh, no, it's not because yeah. that's what you do. That's your normal that's right. reaction. That's a great point. You know, people say, oh, I put his hands up. Well, wouldn't you, you know, you dumbass. So let's <laughs> right. think about it. Especially see it coming. Yeah. yeah. So here we go. We're in the back. All right. So we got Taker. He's getting jumped by the WCW guys, but somehow he's fighting like eight of them off. And, you know, they're barely selling. It's, it's, it's ugly scene. But we're going to get where Mike Awesome delivers a big hit to him. This is weird, man. Um, Shane would eventually come out. He's going to stop DDP. DDP is going to get beat up by Shane. Booker T stops him, but WCW beats up Booker T. And uh, that's how we're going to go off. But very awkward ending to such a phenomenal episode here. Yeah, it didn't make sense. I mean, there's the Mike Awesome shot that I just talked about that occurs to a taker. He sells that one big time. But I just, it just totally lost me here because, honestly, the, Shane McMahon is the owner of WCW. Why, when he comes out, are they now beating the crap out of him? You can just tell. You can feel the storylines are still very disjointed at this point, trying to figure out what move they want to make next. Yes, it did make sense. And, uh, you know, that that was the only thing about this show. I love the whole entire, entire show, but... The ending here was a little bit uh, confusing. Yeah. I, I didn't understand why, why WCW is beating the crap out of each other, basically. <laughs> right. And uh, I think that's probably when Vince says, hey, we're going to merge him. We're going to make an alliance. We're going to do something different here because here now is their champion. And now he's getting beat down. So there we go. Here we go. Another thing that doesn't make sense. Right. Kurt, what did you think overall of this show? I thought the show was awesome. I thought the pre-tapes were incredible because I was in them. And, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I do want to give credit to Vince and Steve because those guys led the way for me. I just kind of, you know, followed their lead. And, you know, you have to remember, I was only in the business two years at this point. So, um, you know, my ad-libbing and, you know, my memorization of pre-tapes and stuff was a, a little more difficult. I, I was still spending a little more time studying and uh, trying to learn the business. So, you know, having those guys there with the, all that experience really helped me out. 
Well, Kurt, listen, this was an all-time classic episode. The debut of the silly cowboy hat. This is where it yes. all happened, which, by the way, and he's putting it on for us for those watching at home on video, we still have cowboy hats, milk cartons, and all yes. kinds of other, other fun stuff over at KurtAngleBrand.com. Right, Kurt? That's right. We got birthday cards, photographs. We got uh, cowboy hats, uh, milk cartons, uh, T-shirts. We got them all. And they're relatively inexpensive. You go to KurtAngleBrand.com to get your order. I will uh, do a personalized message for you. If you guys have any photos at home that you want me to sign, send it in with a small donation with a prepaid postage, and I will send it back to you with a personalized message. Also, the chicken snacks. I got them right here. <laughs> Don't want to forget these. These are incredible. Chicken snacks, 11 different flavors. We have Snack Smart Plant Protein, too. These are incredible. You'll love the flavor. Uh, 11 different flavors. Barbecue, sriracha, uh, kung po, uh, cinnamon swirl. We have them all. So you got to try it. Go to physicallyfit.com. Use the the uh uh, code angle pod to get 20% off your order. That's uh that's really important. doesn't matter how much you get. You still get 20% off. That's right. Shipping to all 48 States. Uh, you go ahead, get it. You're going to get a lot in one bag. It's just not one serving size. It's not a bag of combos. No, you're getting at least seven servings in one bag, all the different flavors, no carbs, no sugar. And when you're hungry for the, that middle of the night snack, instead of those two protein bars, just grab yourself a handful of those chicken snacks, right? Kurt, that's what we learned here today. You're, you're right. Without a doubt. That's <laughs> <what you> do. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, listen, Kurt will take care of you. As he said, over at Kurt Angle brand. So pull out those old total belts, whatever you want. He's got your hook up over there. Kurt, this has been a fantastic time with you. I definitely enjoy this. Next week, we're talking everything WWF Invasion as Kurt continues to share his insight on this much-talked-about WCW transition into the WWF. So grab your cowboy hats, grab your milk cartons, kids, and get ready for another fun trip down memory lane here on the Kurt Angle Show. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. So a lot of us have been through this, you know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out the four C's discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book about not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it so easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no coupon codes. There's no discounts, just the best price possible guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. And by the way, they're open now. You don't need an appointment. Just stop by or online. at I hate Steven singer.com always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Steven singer.com 
or if you're in the area, go check him out anytime at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. As for me here in Alabama, I'm going to check out. I hate and you should too. All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. Stop what you're doing and rush over to savewithconrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at conradreviews.com and it said this. Big thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with First Family Mortgage. Jimmy was there anytime I had any questions. He was just a text message away. Saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier. Miguel's saving a whole bunch of cash, and you can too right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But I do want to mention, this isn't just for refinancing. Maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent. First Family Mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever with a little summer vacation from house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.